You're listening to Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, a podcast all about pop culture that these brilliant ladies enjoy. So heat up your kettles. It's tea time. Hello, everyone. I'm Chelsea. And I'm not Katie. I'm Eamon. What? (laughs) (laughs) And you are listening to Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, a proud member of the geek to geek podcast network. Katie is off with her mom and sister having a blast, which she will tell you all more about next week, I'm sure. But on this week's episode, Ema and I will be discussing the CW slash DC TV show Legends of Tomorrow. But before we get into that, Eamon, what have you been doing this week? Um, I have absolutely no clue because I don't live with you at all. <laughs> that's because you've been here. You should really, you could probably recount <clears throat> what I've been doing this week more than I could. I know. So. To be fair, I did kind of fill in part of your notes. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'm like, wow, this is pretty much accurate. <laughs> <laughs> you know? um, well, what have I been doing? Um, well, along with yourself, uh, I've been watching the television series Unreal. Yes. For the first time. Um, we also did Good Girls. Yeah, we yeah. finished Good Girls. I mentioned last week on the podcast uh, that I'd started yeah. it, but, but we, we did finish it. it this week, yes. Yeah, um, which <clears> I really, really liked. And we just finished the first season of Unreal, which uh, has a little bit of geek credential, I suppose, because it's co-created by Marty Noxon, who uh, did Buffy. So Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I uh, very much enjoyed it. Um, you also wrote down Ikea. Because we did do Ikea. We went to Ikea. Yes. That was a cool thing. That was a cool thing, yeah. yeah. Um, go Sweden, I suppose. Well, we very much like Ikea. Well, I do, yeah. I know we both do. And so. we built two big bookshelves together, which, you know, like, test marriages, and I think we passed. Yeah. I think we did. I mean, we bought two, so the first one took <clears throat> about half a day, and yes. then the second one went up really, really quick. Disappointingly... Our shelves did not have an obscure Swedish name. Our shelves were called Billy. So, because usually they give them weird I don't know why you're so shocked by this. The the bookshelves at Ikea, I think, have always been called Billy. No, they usually have, like, names like... (laughs) Well, yes, the other furniture does, but the bookshelves, I think, have always been called Billy. I'm pretty sure anyone who's had a bookshelf from Ikea knows that it's called Billy. It's disappointing. I expect that, like, I don't know... Like Lisbeth Salander or something like that. I don't right, know. Right, sure. <laughs> uh, and then the other big thing I've been doing this week. I'm. I'm. I hope Katie doesn't listen to this and is shocked. Uh, but I've just started reading for the first time the Harry Potter novels. That was the one th- like big thing we had in common is that we both had not read Harry yeah. Potter. I've seen the movie, so I I knew, and I was very much. Uh, I knew the lore. Yes. I suppose in the world. And I'm a big J.K. Rowling fan. Um, I loved her book, The Casual Vacancy, mm-hmm. which is wonderful. And she does a series of crime novels. Uh, called, I think uh, Cormoran Strike is the lead character. She writes them under a pseudonym. So yeah. So this is the first time I'm reading, essentially, the, the books that made her name. So Yeah. Well. And I basically read uh, Philosopher's Stone, as it's known in the UK. It's the property. <laughs> yes. Um, in like a day. So that's how much I like yes. it. I, I'm now on the Chamber of Secrets and I'm about a third of the way through. So I, I worried because I bought all seven. Yeah. And I thought, oh, this is going to take forever. I, I feel like this is maybe going to go a lot quicker than I thought it would. Well, to be fair, the first few are a lot shorter than the last few. I still think I feel like I'm, I'm on a roll. Let's well, I mean, you on. are a fast reader, so yeah. you'll get through it pretty quickly yeah. regardless. But yes. I know I'll have to follow behind you relatively yeah. soon. But I'm also reading, like, a few books that I really like. But... Well, I mean, a little bit of personal information. Both our bedside tables have basically <gasps> a stack of books. On... <laughs> we we have... It's, like, an unspoken challenge. We both have these massive stacks of books on our nightstands. And, like, I, I feel like we're secretly challenging each other to see who can, like... I said I wasn't. Who can but... get the tallest pile without it falling over? Well, the fact that I, I didn't, I wasn't considering it a challenge, but the fact That's that you bring up unspoken. a challenge. <laughs> well, it lets me know where your mind is. You're obviously thinking it's a challenge. So. I, kept, I kept looking at yours going, I need to get more. <laughs> but no, um, <laughs> you can tell we're, we're definitely a good pair because we did that without even thinking. We yeah. just, we both had this massive stack. <laughs> 
books? Well, I think as as we <clears> pointed <throat> out during our trip to IKEA, we had no shelves, or we had yeah. very little shelf space, so we had no other room for them. So exactly, so they're just piling up yep. around the house. But as far as what I did, that's not already what you said because mm-hmm. I've also been watching Unreal, and yes. I also went to IKEA. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I just found out this week that Crazy Rich Asians was not playing this week like I thought it was, and it was a moment for me. I was very upset. (laughs) Um, You kind of were. I've never seen someone so upset at the UK cinema release schedule the way that you were. But, I mean, justifiably so. I mean... November 2nd was the original release date until everyone made a stink, and they're now finally releasing it in September, which is... Very nice, but I'm also still incredibly sad I haven't already seen it, which Katie has. And she's going to be doing an episode next week on it still. So I know that everyone that's been looking forward to that, don't worry. It's still going to be done. And she found a very, very good replacement. Good. Like, I'm very excited to listen to this episode. Yeah. But I can't listen to it until I see the movie. movie, Which we're very excited for. It does look very good. But yes. I also rewatched Professor Marsden and the Wonder Woman Mm -hmm. um, with a friend of mine. And still holds up. <laughs> I mean, it's only been out like a year. It's not even a year. I was just excited. So I no. I rewatched it and it's still amazing. So. I, I meant to ask, what was it like finally being able to see that scene near the start with the sign? Because I remember when we went to see that movie in the theater, the <gasps> sign cut off. Oh, that's right. During like a conversation. I don't remember. Yeah. I mean, I think it was still just fine. No, I know. I just wanted to bring that up. It's, no, it's... yeah, I totally forgot that the sound cut out when we first saw it. <laughs> Everyone was like, what's going on? Well, it was only us and like another couple. I know, it was just like two, two of us I was about the to theater. get up and the other guy got up. I thought, well, he's going to take care of it. So. Yeah, exactly. But no, it was still good. And then since I won't be on the podcast next week, I'll just tell y'all that tomorrow I'm going to Belfast with a friend of mine and we're going shopping and I'm excited. I know it's probably not interesting at all to these people who don't know, (laughs) but um, I I do very little. So going to the city to shop is quite fun. We're going to get donuts as usual. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, You're going to go off and go shopping while I go shopping with my friend. And yeah, it's going to be an exciting day. So I hope everyone has taken the time to check out the geek to geek podcast, Geek2Tude, and the relaunch of the Geek Fitness podcast, which is hosted by Beige from the geek to geek podcast. They provide even more fantastic content and are just extremely fun people to listen to. So to hear more about those shows, listen now. Hi, my name is Joe Hogan, and I'm a geek. And if you're currently listening to this, there's a good chance you're a geek too. So check out my podcast, Geektitude. Each week, I talk with somebody about their geek aptitude. Sometimes I talk to people in a geeky profession. Sometimes it's someone doing something really cool with their geekiness. Often it's another geeky podcaster. But it's always someone who wants to share their inner geek. So join me each week as we come together to geek out about all the geeky stuff we love. And remember, this week... Keep it geek. I'm Void. And I'm Beach. And together, we're the geek to geek podcast. Well, we make it. It is kind of us, but I guess it's separate. Every week, we pick a topic from geek or digital culture and chat about it for a while. And you're invited. We talk about books and movies, games, comics, the internet. Or really whatever we feel like. Yeah, that too. So look for the geek to geek podcast on iTunes. Or wherever your podcasts are sold. Or downloaded. Or whatever. And we're back. Why'd you cringe? <laughs> Katie and I cringe at that every week. Why are you cringe? Is it cringy? I, I didn't think it was cringy, but then you mentioned it's cringy, and now I am cringing. It's so. just awkward in in the studio. No, I don't. In the studio, quote unquote. It just means every time I listen to podcasts, and um, they do the here's the the bit, and we're back. I know they're actually saying, and we're back, like immediately. Two seconds later. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but anyway, once again, we are discussing the DC TV show Legends of Tomorrow. Katie has not seen this show, or at least not all of it. I think she's seen part of season one or all of season one, but I'm pretty sure that's it. So, but we are huge fans Mm -hmm. of this show. Um, we think it's super underrated and has only gotten better as it goes along. Like, 
I honestly loved last season. I don't know about you. Yeah, no, it was probably my favorite season of the show. I mean, it's it's kind of becoming my favorite DC TV show of the four. Like, Flash is still up top for me, but Mm -hmm. this show is, like, one of my favorites. And I feel bad that so many people have dropped off since season one. Yeah, um... No, I, I, I agree. I mean, this season... I was really worried when this season started because I felt the first, like, episode or two were not up to yeah. par. I thought, oh, no. But it really rebounded. Mm-hmm. And we'll probably talk more about, about that in a minute. But, I mean, of all the shows uh, of this stable, the Berlanti Arrowverse, I think <laughs> yes. is the... The name they go by. Um, it's definitely for me the highlight. I agree. We get uh, it, we get very excited when yeah. it comes up on our queue. Yeah, that's um, yeah, yeah. So we'll get into. We'll, we'll get, get into. into so before we get too far into our opinions, um, let's give the people a quick summary of the show. Mm-hmm. So of course, this summary comes from the glorious Wikipedia because mm-hmm. I can't. I that's just where I get all of my information. Oh, Time Master Rip Hunter goes rogue after Vandal Savage murders Hunter's family. Intending to stop Savage, Hunter recruits a team consisting of Ray Palmer slash Adam, Sarah Lance slash White Canary, Martin Stein, and Jefferson Jax Jackson, who combine to the hero Firestorm, Kendra Saunders as Hawkgirl, Carter Hall as Hawkman, Leonard Snart as Captain Cold, and Mick Rory as Heatwave. So this show is a spinoff of both Arrow and The Flash. Um, They obviously have characters featuring from both of those shows, as well as characters they kind of introduced at like in a spinoff episode for this show. Mm -hmm. And then eventually it creates its own characters or not creates, but takes from the comics characters and then makes them for that show. Um. So just a warning to everyone, there's going to be spoilers for the show from here on out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. So, Eamon, what do you love about this show? Um, It's wacky in the most wonderful way, mm-hmm. I feel like. Um, but not wacky to the extent that you can't take it seriously. It has genuine stakes. It has genuine emotions. Uh, it's got... I think of all the shows of this universe, it's got a cast I legitimately care for. Um, so, I mean, there's just so much I love about it. Um, so, yeah. I'm- yeah, I, I like the fact that um, it knows it's kind of crazy. Yeah, <laughs> like, it embraces it as well. It embraces we'll it. Talk about yeah. We'll get to season three, probably. It, <laughs> it's definitely a show that. If you don't like comics or don't like a comics type show or like go with a kind of campy vibe, you're not going to like this show. Like no. this is definitely for the comic book fans. Yeah. Um it really shouldn't be cuz it's to me it's just good. Like it's just yeah. good storytelling. A lot of people compared this show to Doctor Who in the beginning, but funny enough, I looked it up apparently <laughs> yeah. Rip Hunter, the character, yeah. was created before Doctor Who. Oh, really? Yeah. That's so funny because they got a Doctor Who actor in the play. Well, I'm sure they did that for fun. No, but I don't. But technically, the character was created before Doctor yeah. Who. So that's kind of interesting. I, I thought it was a great casting because it, it feels like, you know, I mean, if you tell anyone who watches Doctor Who, I love Arthur Darvel and mm-hmm. Doctor Who. It almost feels like it could be, like, his fevered imaginings on the TARDIS. And the show could just, like, fade out, you know, end up in a close-up of Arthur Darville. And then Matt Smith walks in and, like, (laughs) Rory says, Hey, I had this dream about being a Time Master. And then, like, Matt Smith would be like, Time Master, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. It's not (laughs) true, but it just, you know... Um, so it is kind of fun to sort of see him in the first season playing the suave, debonair sort of... Because he is suave, he's very, very he is cool, suave, yeah. which you know came as a shock. Um, I think another reason why I love this show it, it sort of falls into like a subgenre of science fiction of time that, traveling. Well, mean? not even time travel. Like, it's not set in a spaceship. It's obviously a time travel ship, but it has a motley crew of losers. 
Yeah. And, you know, it falls into that same sort of... It has a similar sort of vibe, I suppose, as something like Firefly or yeah. Guardians. Mm-hmm. You know, and I love shows like that. I mean, the thing with something like Star Trek, everyone's so slick and poised and they always win the day. Whereas in Firefly or Guardians, they're almost struggling to keep up. Yeah, and the thing always. with this show is it presents itself as like they're going to be this, like, great band of superheroes. And then the twist in, like, the pilot is that they're not, they're actually not legends at all. Exactly. Like, that's kind of how he gets them all to be together. He's like, I've seen the future and you all are going to be legends. And they're like, they're absolutely not. The only reason why he picked them was because they weren't going to, like, alter time. Because they were so insignificant. Which, if you think about it, is so sad. Yeah. Like, that's so sad to, like, hear that you are, like, you and your presence are so insignificant. You're not going to change time if you, like, go on this big adventure. But at the same time, like, it's what's able to get them to do this and to go on these adventures and to save different parts of the world. So the season one over arc slash villain is about Vandal Savage, Mm -hmm. who, as we read in the summary, killed... Rip's family. Yep. Um, and they're obviously trying to, like, go back to find a point where they can stop him. Yeah, right? it's like... Cause, that isn't going to affect time Yeah, because there's much. fixed points in time. But if you yeah. find one that's not fixed, you can actually change things. Exactly. And then he's also kind of obsessed with Hawkgirl. Well, because, yeah, that's kind of, like, that's kind of the background yeah. and the connection with Hawkgirl and Hawkman is that yeah. he... Had this big old crush on Hawkgirl, and Hawkgirl was like, "No, nah, look at that guy, Hawkman," <laughs> and he was like, "What?" <laughs> yes, that's exactly. This is the. This, these are quotes, even. These are actual okay. quotes. <laughs> I think it would have been better if they did it that way than what they actually did. To I see know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Vandal Savage was like, uh, "You know what? The heck, man! Why are you friend zoning me?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and that becomes, like, a big part of his, like, rage. And, I mean, obviously he wasn't a great guy beforehand. This no, was not. This was too. not the thing that made him evil. But, you know, it's hit part of his vengeance is, like, eventually is to get her. Yeah. You know, which is kind of gross. But, you know. Yeah. Men. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but um, how did you feel about this overarc slash villain? Not my favorite. Agreed. Um, I, I think the problem that season one has, particularly with Fandal Savage, it, it's almost like every week it feels like we're about to defeat him. Oh no, here we go again next week. We're exactly. About to... There are some good episodes in season one. Um, I can't remember the name of the episode offhand. I should have wrote it down. But there's like one where they find out that he has, like, a protege in the future who grows up to be a dictator. Yeah. So they have to decide whether to kill this kid. It's kind of like the the Hitler analogy. If you could go back and kill Hitler as a child, would you? Yeah. The idea in the show is they have to decide whether to go to the future to kill this child and then affect beyond that. Yeah. So there's lots of little good little one-offs, but overall <laughs> it's not... Overall, it just, to me, felt like you were just watching them fail every yeah. episode, which got to kind of be annoying after a while. Yeah. Like, like don't get me wrong. I love the fact that they aren't saving the day every episode because, like, that's just not realistic. No. Even though that's kind of what comic books are, like, is the hero saving the day. Yeah. It's kind of nice to like see them. Oh no, crap! We messed up. Like yeah. we got, and then we they, we got to fix that. But in season one, it was like basically every episode until they defeated Vandal Savage was like in a way a failure. Yeah. Like sure, they did other things throughout the season that saved the day, quote unquote. But yeah. it just felt like every episode was like, oh, guess we'll catch him next That's time. Sweet, yeah. And it was like. But can't you just catch him already and move on? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just it just felt sometimes repetitive. I think it was it was clear they didn't quite know what the show was. It was clear they wanted to do like a team up show, where they wanted to take like characters from both shows and sort of put them into like a blender. I mean, they could never do like a Justice League. Yeah. So it's like exactly you know, and they obviously you know they had like Kitty Lutz and Brenton Routh and uh, Victor Garber. And mm-hmm. I mean, they had like a lot of big actors playing these characters. Yeah. 
So they were clearly like, oh, who's the star of our next spin-off? And they clearly went, well, how about we put them all into the one? And then that kind of yeah. gets it out of the way. Well, the original idea was to do an Adam, Brandon Routh spin-off. Yeah. But eventually they came up with the idea of doing more of an ensemble. And I think yeah. that that works, actually. I kind I of like the fact that there isn't one lead. Even yeah. though, sure, there are different leaders throughout the series. Mm-hmm. Um it is an ensemble. Yeah. It's not like, oh, we have this one character and then everything revolves around them. Yeah. You know, it's like, no, like, you know, uh, different characters get different amounts of time per episode mm-hmm. or different amounts of focus or like, who knows, maybe a few of them will be killed off. Yeah. That's kind of done that. We'll probably talk about that. In well, no, minutes, exactly. That's which... what I mean. Like it gives them that freedom to kind of like do more yeah. in a way. No, I agree. Um, any other, Oh, did you have a favorite character in season one? Because not everyone survives. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, for me, the real standout, and she has continued to be the standout, is probably Kitty Lutz I as know. White Canary. I do love Branton Routh. I'm a big Branton Routh fan yes, because you are. I liked him as Superman. Yeah, unpopular opinion, folks. We actually kind of well, you very much love Superman Returns. Well, I, I like it. Very complicated relationship with that movie. Now, well, now reasons. sure, yes. Um, but I remember going to see that movie and loving it, and I was like oh, man, this movie's so good, and everyone was like, no, it's not. And I was like, oh, okay, then. <laughs> All right. Um, so I was very happy to see him, like, get, like, a, a second chance at playing a really cool character, especially from a stable of writers and directors who... Could do it right. Could do it in a very popular way. Exactly. Um, but I was a big fan of Kitty Lots and Arrow. I was very dismayed when they, quote-unquote, killed her off at the start of season three of Arrow. Um, and I've never really been a big fan, particularly of Kitty Cassidy as Black Canary. I always yeah. feel like Kitty Lotz's version of the character, even though she's not Laura Lance, yeah. she's always felt to me like... The, More of a Black Canary yeah. than... Yeah. And she I, sort of, she stood out for me, really, you know, because she's a kick-ass female. Yes. And there's not enough of those on Agreed. TV. I mean, I remember growing up with Buffy and Alias, and it's like very little characters like... Buffy or Sydney Bristow on TV, and I feel like she fits that mold. She does, and like she's doing a lot of those fight scenes, like, yeah. and they're choreographed so well. Yeah. And like, I feel like she can play both, like, you know, emotional, funny, sensitive, dramatic, and yeah. like badass all in one show. And that's what's like. I agree with you. If I had to pick one character for like the whole series. 100% her, yeah. which is, I think, why they kind of push her towards the front, front a little yeah. bit as the show goes on. <laughs> now, like, it's still an ensemble cast. Yeah. There's definitely not one person, but you do notice, especially in the promotions, they make her the kind of face of the show. Have you seen the season three Blu-ray cover? No. She's pretty much front and center of it. I don't mind. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm like, it, it kind of looks almost like it could be like the White Canary show. I don't mind. Because, you know, I, I was like, I'm very I think it's very, very cool. I like her so much. Like, she's she's just all around cool. Yeah. All, anyway, but going into season two. <laughs> uh, in season two, with the Time Masters defeated, the team guard the timeline themselves and cope with Rip's absence after he disappears. However, they are plagued by the Legion of Doom, a time-traveling team led by Reverse Flash, Eobor Thong, who has recruited versions of Damien Dark, Malcolm Merlin, and Leonard Snart to find the biblical Spear of Destiny, with which they can alter their fates. The team is joined by Amaya Jiwe? Yep, I think that's how uh, Or, uh, Vixen. a.k.a. Vixen, thank you. An African superhero from the Justice Society of America and Nate Haywood Steele, a modern-day historian who acquires the power to become solid metal and revert to normal skin. So, does your opinion change by season two? Like, or sorry, like, opinion of, like, the overarc, or, like, do your favorite characters change? Like, um, yeah, I mean, my opinion on the show changed a lot. I, I yeah. still like season one enough to keep going. Yeah. But, you know, I always think about... I think it was Michael Schur said about Parks and Recreation. It took the first season to figure out what the show wasn't. 
Yes. Loki. I feel like it was the same with this. I feel like they kind of had to like, okay, it's it's not this show. It's going to be this show. And, you know, right from the opening scene of season two, I've been rewatching it recently. It's kind of more wackier. They, they kind of embrace the more ridiculousness of the concept. But mm-hmm. like, as I say, it's not in a way that you can't take the show seriously. It still has legitimate stakes. Mm-hmm. And then I thought it was kind of smart to like, instead of having like one villain that they're up against, they bring in a team of villains. And yeah. basically made up of like some of the best villains from the other show. Uh, with the exception of Damien Dark, I thought initially, but he has like... <laughs> I, I feel like Damien Dark is so much better in this show, however, so than much. he was in Arrow. Because, I mean, I, I remember season four of Arrow was all over the place. And I wasn't really... I always think Arrow is only as, as good as its villain, really. I think when they have a good villain in Arrow, mm-hmm. Arrow's great. Yeah. But Damien Dark in this show is so good to the extent that they actually just make him like a key villain season they three. They do. They just, I think, I'm pretty sure they're just like, now nah, let's just keep this guy. <laughs> like, I, I'm kind of confused at what point in his life he's meant to be because he's in Arrow. He dies at the end of season four. Yeah. Legends is a time travel show. So they, yeah. But I'm never quite sure if he's like been resurrected from his death in Arrow or if he's like a past person. It doesn't person. matter. It still just bothered me. I'm like, so like, what I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure they explain it, and we just missed it, or no, like maybe they is. just don't care. And they probably don't. They're probably like, screw it. We like this actor, and he's funny. And this is a time travel show, yeah. so we can get away with it. But I, that second season, I thought was you know really good return. It was like a return. No, I was gonna say return to form. It's not even. It's just the show finding its it. It found its form. Yeah, in a way. Like I agree with you. I feel like this is where the show starts for yeah. me. Like. I kind of just forget everything in season one. <laughs> like, I wanted to like Hawk Girl so much oh, because yeah. Hawk Girl is my absolute favorite character in Justice League Unlimited. I love her so much, but in this show, it it, I don't it know, just it, didn't work. It just didn't work at all, and like they got rid of Hawkman immediately, which I was kind of fine with. <laughs> I mean, it sort of confused me when they did that because I wasn't sure. If that was the show trying to do a shock tactic early on, or if they just realized, oh no, this doesn't work. I don't know, work. but either way, it was fine because yeah. I did not care about him. But I liked her enough to like be cool with it. I just. It was just disappointing. It was I, just disappointing that it wasn't what I had hoped it would be. Yeah. But I think they did the right thing, and you know. Yeah. Um, moving on, let's just say. Yes, they did. <laughs> um, also, I think it was better for the show in taking Rip out. Even though they yeah. eventually bring him back, he's only back part-time. Yeah. I liked Rip, but for the show, it was better. It just felt better. It. it I mean, it's worked out... For the best, the episode that brings him back in season two is so funny because it's the one where they meet George Lucas. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, because it turns out he's like been hiding in UCLA the whole time, Rip. Mm-hmm. And he's like a director friend of George Lucas's while they're in film school. Yeah. And like, it turns out he's been like inadvertently like inspiring Star Wars and stuff like <laughs> yes. that to George, which is the show does so well. Yeah. They do those things. They do so many meta jokes or like, or, like references. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I don't know. Like, I feel bad because I love Arthur Darville. Yeah. It just worked better without him or yeah. with him being in part-time. Yeah. I mean, because the only reason why he left uh, when he did was because he had to go film Broadchurch. Yeah. So and I, I, I personally feel like it, 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 it got rid of a little bit of cast flag, I suppose, or flabbiness. Because I think the problem that maybe the show had is it, tried to be a team show where the other shows earn their teams. Yeah. Like, it's not Team Arrow right away. Yeah. It's only the yeah, three yeah, of them yeah. in that cave. You know, it's only three or four of them. In- yeah, and they eventually build, whereas this started off with, like, a massive team. <laughs> you know, and I feel like it was maybe almost like the writers panicking, like, oh, God, who do we focus on? You know, and I feel like they, they gently sort of, like, took the, you know, Wentworth Miller away, and they took away Arthur Darville, and they took away the Hawks, and then it was like, oh, good, we've only got six, so... Now we can focus. And, of course, that's pushed White Canary or Sarah yeah. more to the They made Sarah captain. the captain. And it works. Like, it just... Because the balance works. Rip, yeah. Rip was so focused on 
his vengeance and his like or sorry his like yeah. revenge his storyline he was kind of selfish like understandably so yeah. if my family was murdered by someone and i had the ability to time yeah. travel i'd also build a team to get them to you know <laughs> get revenge but it just felt so just not a team it was yeah. like they were working for him yeah and with Sarah as the captain, it's more of a team where she's the captain. You I know agree. what I mean? Um, so I kind of like that change. Plus, I like the fact that they bring in Vixen or, you know, the Vixen as we know it's grandmother. Yeah. Because the Vixen in Arrow, the actress had other engagements. Other stuff going on. So they yeah. decided to, like, make it so that they went back in time to get the grandmother which I thought was really great. I love that actress. She's a fantastic yeah, addition to the show. I also like uh, Nate. Yeah. He's him and Brandon Routh. Best bromance ever. So, I mean, in season one, they tried to do like a uh, Ray slash hot girl romance and it didn't work. It did not work. I think it's like they, they instead they sort of did this bromance and it works like so much better. Yes. It's so much fun. And then, you know, I was worried when they brought Nate in because I thought, oh, they're going to do this thing maybe where these two guys aren't going to get on because they're very similar or yeah. something. And instead they completely turned it the other way and just... They're like the best bros yeah. ever. They're the type of characters you could probably ship and write slash fic about. I was going to say, like, <laughs> if anyone ships them, let me know because I'd also be on that team. Um, I mean, they make good friends, but I could also see them being like a pretty good couple because they get each other so well. Yeah. And, like, the fact that they push Nate and Vixen together so hard makes me not like it. <laughs> yeah. But, like... It's still more believable than Ray and Hawk Oh, it's Girl. definitely more believable than than Ray and Hawkgirl. But, yeah. but still. Um, I thought he brought in a bit more comedy in, like, yeah. that, like, charming, like, suave, but, <laughs> like, also super intelligent kind of way. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he... I think he also thinks he's more suave than he actually is, and oh, he's it's kind a, he's, of fun. He's a dork. He is he's a dork. A dork. Um, but yeah, so for the season two arc, how did you feel about that? With like, did you think it was better that they had the three villains? Oh yeah, I mean, it almost potentially could have posed more problems because then you're like, oh no, there's so many villains, it's not going to work either. But it, it paid off, and then they did that wonderful like flip episode later in the season where the Legion of Doom have got the Spirit of Destiny and they change time. Mm-hmm. And the episode begins and instead of doing the usual like Legends of Tomorrow logo, it's actually got all the symbols of the villains, basically. Yeah. Episode, which I thought was genius. That was cool. Um but I like the arc a lot more. I think it it definitely felt the show felt more flexible because it the the final Savage arc almost felt so dominant that they couldn't do anything else outside of that arc. It was like, yes. you know, so they could do more like, like more quirkier standalone tales or tales that, because the the last episode I watched in my rewatch was from season two. And it was an episode where they went to like the Civil War in Mississippi, the American Civil War. And it touched on themes of race and slavery. It also features zombie Confederate soldiers. <laughs> this shouldn't work. This should be like, Totally wrong, maybe even borderline offensive. But not only is it fun and entertaining, it actually makes its points. This More is a so, show like- that can really, really touch on some very serious themes and carry them while doing, like, I mean, as I say, zombie Confederate soldiers. Yeah. There's a palpable <laughs> anger in that episode, which you would think this shouldn't work, but it does. The show has a tightrope that I think it kind of balances on and it yeah. does it very, very well. No, I agree. I think I think with this story arc, like you said, they're more flexible to to do other things um because they're having to solve their own problems rather than just chasing after one guy. Yeah. And then with the end of season 2, they cause a problem with meeting them like they meet themselves yes. right and yes. so this causes a huge time riff where it creates anachronisms yep. everywhere <laughs> and even more so we eventually learn with mollus oh yeah <laughs> so like the whole world is a mess yeah. things are showing up in places they definitely shouldn't, shouldn't be. be um so let that pushes us into season three 
So in season three, the team discover that they created anachronisms throughout time, and Rip has formed the Time Bureau to help fix them. Rip tells the team of the demon Mollus, whose follower Nora Dark, a.k.a. Damien Dark's daughter, mm-hmm. has resurrected her father Damien. Oh, I didn't know that was next line. <laughs> has resurrected her father Damien and Amaya's granddaughter, Kuasa, also, ret- also recruiting Gorilla Grodd so that they can release Mollus from his prison by perverting history. The team, lo- the team loses both members of Firestorm, but is joined by Zari Tomas, a hacktivist from 2042, <laughs> whose air-controlling amulet is connected to Amaya's totem, and Wally West slash Kid Flash, a speedster formerly under the tutelage, is that how you say that? Yep. Of the Flash. So a lot happens in yes. this season. Um, apparently it takes a lot for me to read. But yeah, it did. <laughs> Yeah. For some reason, that was much harder to read than the other two. <laughs> but so basically, all these anachronisms pop up, which mean like, I don't know, freaking like animals, like like dinosaurs start Shit, popping yeah. up in the future, or like vice versa. Things from the future pop up in the past. Things are quite a mess. So Rip creates what's called the Time Bureau, which is basically people who are dedicated to fixing mm-hmm. these anachronisms. But, of course, the legends want to do that on their own. And the Time Bureau is, like, eventually kind of... Don't they, like, take over Rip? Yeah, they do. Because he's... <laughs> like, he, once again, flights all the rules. He com- Yeah, he yeah, completely doesn't like, follow any of the rules. And they're, they're like, like no, no, dude. You can't not... You, like, you can't break all these rules while being in, like, a bureaucratic system. Yeah. So... <laughs> So basically, uh, does he help? I forget. Does he help them? He does. He he can... helps the legends basically like break the rules and oh, yeah. go right. Is that right? Oh yeah, yeah. So the time I love the time bureau. Like, it's funny because we both hated it when they first showed. Oh up. yeah, when they first showed up, I was like, oh god, they're not like this is so annoying because they basically it felt like they kept showing up as particularly just to like ruin it. You know? Well, not even ruin it. It always felt like every time Ava Sharp showed up, she was like, guys are idiots, and then go away. Exactly. We were going to talk about it in a minute because yeah <laughs> uh what are you talking about Eamon? okay so how do you feel about the season three arc then um i really liked it as i said earlier i was kind of concerned because i thought the first two episodes were well, not think the best <laughs> yeah because they were well, it was something with mollus right it was like in, yeah it was like in episode three like that really that whole like mollus storyline really kicked into gear I, I, and it was a lot of fun i, I think it was also when sorry showed up i feel yes this season. sorry uh, was great um she's like she gets the best episode yes she they basically the groundhog do a episode. groundhog day because it's a sean <laughs> show day, yeah why not do a groundhog day and this is probably one of the best Yes, I would. It's agree. probably up there with Supernatural and the X Files, which yeah. are like the two like gold standards of this like mini subgenre of TV episode. Yes, um, I really like this season a lot. Um, as I say, it got better as it went on. Um, the arc was great, and then they brought back Damian Dark and basically made him a dad figure. I made his daughter which was like so funny. <laughs> and he, he's basically oh hey Sweden's like I then killed someone violently you, or something. You can't hurt my daughter. Like he's all um, protective of her. He wants to be like the ultimate dad. Yeah. And then she like is like takes over a demon yeah. and he's he I don't know. It's it's course, really interesting dynamic. Yeah, and then of course, um Nora's played by Branton Wright's real life wife. Yes. And they keep alluding to the fact he has a crush on her in the show. Yes. Which I didn't I didn't know that at first. We I didn't know. This. We just thought they had chemistry and they were trying to like hint at yeah. some sort of like eventual relationship. And, uh, and then we looked it up. We were like, <laughs> oh, oh, that's yeah. why they're doing that. That's why they kept referring to it. And then the season builds up to possibly one of the craziest moments in television history, which is throughout the show. Mollus is voiced by John Noble, who is, if you've watched Fringe, is just one of the best actors to ever... He should do more work, quite frankly. Yes, he needs to do more, I um, And then there's an episode where Mick, played by Dominic Purcell, has become obsessed with Lord of the Rings. I never put two and two together until they bring it up in the episode, but then a scene shows up where they're watching John Noble for his character from Lord of the Rings on the television... And they decide that they're going to trick Nora Dark by recording the real-life John Noble (laughs) 
doing the voice of Mollus. Yes. So they time traveled to 1999, New Zealand, meet him on the set of Lord of the Rings, the real John Noble. The episode is called Guest Starring John Noble. Yes. I thought they'd made a mistake on the plot synopsis <laughs> and they didn't know the title and they just decided to call it Guest Starring John, John Noble. It's called Guest Starring John Noble. He then records lines as Mollus for Branton Wright's character, Ray, and then says, bloody hell, it's all that this is a bit crap, ain't it? I'm like, I can't believe you. It's so mad that the, the, the fourth wall is not broken. It's basically new. Just shat. Yeah, I agree. Like, <laughs> I was like their, their ability to, like, to make me- <laughs> like the, all these meta jokes is just unbelievably good. I mean, they've made, like, God knows how many references to Prison Break in this show. Prison Break, um, the fact that Brandon Ralph was Superman, <laughs> even just, like, Brandon Ralph's obsession with bulletproof coffee, yep. they'll they'll put that in there. Like, um, they they do they do everything as meta as possible, and I mean, it's just so much fun. I mean, Victor Garber's character even said the, the Titanic, Titanic reference. Yeah. Oh. I mean, so it's just, good. I'm like, okay, I mean, they, they they really embraced the wackiness this year, and it was just perfect. Exactly. It and was it was actually perfect. really fun to have Wally West come on the show, it because I missed him on The Flash, and I yeah. understand the actor needed to obviously go do other things, like film Love, Simon, which yeah. was fantastic. Um, and as well. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but it was really nice to see him, like, with different characters, because I felt like he almost fit better on this show than on the flash yeah because on the flash he was always like oh like that kid brother like you that keeps wanting to do things and you're like stop it you're not old enough yet even though obviously he's a grown adult on the show um but on this show he's just one of the team and i love the bit of him just like going and doing things really fast (laughs) and he just is like doing all the work for everyone because he can do it in an instant and they're like stop doing that yeah no (laughs) i don't so annoyed um so one thing i have to bring up which you kind of hinted at earlier Mm -hmm. what my favorite part of this season (laughs) is uh my ship which is avalanche which is ava and sarah lance unexpected did not see that coming but what a great ship and what a great, like, story yeah. that they had. They very organically had them fall for each other, had them break up and, like, have had them get back to you. Like, it was very, 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 like, nice. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, I didn't like them breaking up. But, like, no. there were definite, like, reasons. And, like, you really felt it. No, I agree. And no. it was nice to see her not just, like, have a fling with a woman because... They've shown Sarah just kind of, like, do that unfortunate TV bisexual character cliche of, oh, let's just have her, like, have flings with both men and women. But we'll never say the word that she's bisexual. But they actually, like, have her have a relationship with the woman. And, like, there was the whole, like, leading to possibly having a thing with Snart. And there was the whole thing of possibly her having a thing with Rip. But, like... Having her actually start to be in a relationship. Because, like, we saw her with Oliver. Yeah. Obviously from Arrow. But it was nice to see her have genuine relationships with also a woman. And not just, like... Because, like, (laughs) Sarah's thing is, like, these women from the past and these women in the future would just, like, fall for her. And she'd be like, hey, pretty lady. And then just, like, hook up with (laughs) them. No, I mean, I I don't... I mean, no, I, agree I with liked it. I mean, I just... You never get that with no, like a no, bisexual character. I mean, you think of like James Bond. He walks into a casino and the woman turns, and then it's like he knows he's going Exa- to. Sleep. Exactly. So I like this the fact is, that this... they do this with her. <laughs> Sarah Lance is basically James Bond. She has like... a female. <laughs> <laughs> but she does. She like, and as soon as someone reveals to her that they're like a lesbian or that they're into women, she she gets this like fly. she gets this look like where she like. <laughs> arches her eyebrow like oh really (laughs) and they just like instantly become 10 times more attractive to her she's just like oh so this is an option (laughs) well i mean it was one of uh well i mean i was gonna say she did have a fling as well this year with um oh oh, constantine well no i was gonna say um alex danvers oh that was this year as well Oh my god! Yeah, this year was the big cross. It was the yeah. big crossover they did this year. 
And the last one for a while, it seems, but we'll talk about that. Oh, yeah, minute. true. But, yeah, I actually, I really liked her and Alex oh, together so as I. well. But as soon as they pushed the whole, like, Ava and Sarah thing, I was like, I'm totally down for yeah. that. Well, I mean, I didn't betray the relationship either, because I feel like no. they kind of screwed up on Supergirl. But, I mean, obviously, that was different circumstances, possibly, due to... Not locking yes. down certain actresses to being a regular when Not they Not treating them. certain actresses yeah. very well. Yeah, exactly. Lots of talk about there. But I really liked... Uh, I just liked everyone. Like, th- this season was so good. Yeah. It was just genuinely so good. Because, I mean, I feel like this year... Because we watch these shows religiously. I mean... We do. We usually do this thing of, like, setting aside, like, one or two, like viewings of them like if, if all four yeah, shows yeah we like are to on, build up a like, couple of weeks and then we watch them in the order yeah. that they're aired yeah. we don't watch like two or three episodes of legends back to back it's like we go out we have to go in order <laughs> we're such nerds yeah. but uh it's so good it's fun yeah no i agree i agree no it's it's such a good good season this year it's such an underrated show like yeah. everyone's so focused on the main ones that I feel like this show gets very easily lost among the three or four or five that there are. I think the ratings are like decent. I don't think they're terrible or anything. They have dipped since season one. Oh, they have? But like it went into like three point whatever to Mm -hmm. like two point something Mm. to then still two points like 2.3 though. So it is dipping but Honestly, the quality is just getting better and better, good. and I, I think hopefully if it keeps going, it'll go back up. Yeah. Um, I think it helps they only do, like, 17 or 18 episodes. Yeah, Because the other shows, This like, show would get so old so quick. Well, not even that it would get season. old, but, like, no, Arrow... I think it would. Arrow, Flash, and Supergirl do, like, 22, 23. And there's and was, always that fatigue. There's always a dip. I mean, particularly Arrow. Arrow was all oh over the place God. this year. I mean, not that it was a bad season. No, but it, it, it always like, dips good, around the yeah. winter finale. Right after yeah. the winter finale, there's always a dip in well, like particularly three and four. I feel like one and two didn't have that dip. No, one and two didn't. But um, this isn't about Arrow. But. No, no, well, no, I'm just as a point of comparison. But <laughs> no, I, th- I, I feel like the fact this this does a shorter amount of episodes. I, I prefer think shows like this that go like that just get better and better from yeah. season one because typically those are shows that have like the longevity to go. Yeah. Like seven seasons or so. Yeah. And just get better and better. Um, whereas like shows that are fantastic right out the gate tend to burn out very quickly. Yeah. I mean, if it's any I mean, I, I was reading a thing last week, it was the, the head of CW was talking about these shows. And he says he, in his mind they're not going away anytime soon. So hopefully That makes sense. I, I always feel like this would be the one that would get canned first though. I don't know why. Know. It's like a fear I have. It is a fear because we love this show so much. And it's, it, they don't... Pro- not that they don't promote it, but... Here's they the don't thing. treat it like the other shows, like for sure. Like Arrow, Flash, and Supergirl all got tie-in comic books. From yeah. These, this didn't. You go into any, like... This would be the perfect show to do a tie-in comic. Yeah. It's basically like the Justice League. No, like, in terms of, like, having a fantastic team and, like... It would be almost easier to do a comic than a show yeah. with this. You know, and, like, the other shows have, like, millions of action figures connected to them. There's only been, like, three or four characters from yeah, the show. Yeah, but you got a White Canary one, but is that from Legends of no, Tomorrow? No, this is from Legends of Tomorrow. There oh, is one okay. of her from Arrow, which oh, is, like, really expansive now because it's kind of by the print. But, like, that's it. Like, you would love a Brandon Routh. Do they have a Brandon Routh? I do Routh? have Brandon Routh. Oh, I'm But I would, behind. like, um... I mean, I would love it if they did, like, Sorry. Yes, yeah, Sorry, Fixin'. Or this You can't get the Amaya. other Fixin'. Well, yeah, I would like to see Amaya. Steel. Yeah. Steel would be cool, yeah. That'd be cool. Put him with Brandon Routh. Yeah. And they'd be buddies. Yeah, they would be. And by buddies, I mean... <laughs> oh, we know what type of buddies you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, um... We'll we'll talk briefly about the crossovers. How do you feel about their place in the crossovers? Because I feel like they're always the last episode. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of... I don't know. Like, I feel like they're underplayed because there's, there's so, many, so characters. many characters within the show already. Yeah. But then you add them into the other, other universes... They get, they tend to get a little lost, and that's a bummer. I, the, 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, my biggest gripe is because this is always the last one. I feel like I'm going to go off on a rant here. Uh-oh. Keep it short. No, I will. <laughs> like, when they did, like, the first big crossover last year, it was Invasion. Yeah. The last... It was the Legends episode. The last scene... Yeah. ...was Oliver Queen and Barry Allen in a bar. Yeah. I was like, hold on, this isn't Arrow Flash, this should be the Legends. This year... They aren't getting an episode, right? Oh, it's talking the the Crisis on Earth X episode. Oh, oh, my bad. Sorry, no, I jumped the gun. <laughs> once again, the final scene of the Legends episode, oh. it was the wedding. It was the wedding. And that scene annoyed me enough already because it was basically, yay, interracial marriage. Oh, no, wait, here's the two blonde-haired white people about to... Yeah, exactly. Hey, Barry yeah. and Iris, I know you've been building up to this forever, but can we just completely intrude on yeah. your wedding? <laughs> and now this year they've announced it's not... They're not going to be involved. And it feels to me like we don't really care. You're here just to make money. Or you're here just to be yeah. in service of the other shows. I, I really hope this year... I mean, I know the crossover is a big deal this year because they're introducing like a new major, possibly important character. You can say it. Batwoman. <laughs> no, I don't. But I'm, I'm like, I mean, do you need Supergirl for this, though? Really? It's true. It's on another earth yeah and honestly like this season they don't do a good job with supergirl and the crossovers either i mean it's basically arrow flash really it's yeah i don't know i i would probably i would rather see the legends in the crossover than supergirl because i feel like it fits better and that's not to take anything away from supergirl we're big fans of that show we're big fans of Supergirl. this season just was a mess and it kind of left us a little Sour taste in our mind. I, I mean, more so you than anything else, probably. But ah, I could do a whole. I could do a whole episode on well, how I that's feel. That's not about this. We're talking about a show that's good. Exactly. Um, so, what would you love to see from this show next season? Um, I don't know. I mean, I just want them to keep doing what they're doing. I'm very much looking forward to Constantine being a regular on the show. Yes, which should be because he's great. He is fantastic yeah. on this show. I was worried about him coming in, but he's a great addition. Yeah. And he plays, I mean, he's not Keanu Reeves. No. <laughs> you know, not that's not a bad movie, but this guy is the John Constantine from the comics. Oh, yeah. And those two episodes he was in, was one in particular, it reminded me so much of Justice League Dark, the comic yeah. book. I was like, yeah, I, I'm bored with this. I, I hope it, it leads to maybe... Bringing on Satana, which I know you would lose your mind oh, I over. Would. You know, I'd probably be annoyed at the casting. I'd be like, that's, that's not her. You know, <laughs> but you'd still be excited. I'd be so excited. Because they were going to bring her into his TV show when it was on NBC. See, and then it didn't get cancelled. So. They gotta do it. They gotta do it. Um, but, yeah. So I kind of want that. Um, and it's just, you know... I'm kind of disappointed that Wally's not sticking around, but I understand he probably. That I think that actor things. is just hitting. He's 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 building yeah. up to something big in his career. No, I, know I know he is. Um, more Ava Sharp. Yes. Yeah. More Ava and Sarah, please. Yeah. Although um, I just want to say before we finish, oh. I I know I was heartbroken they killed off Victor Garber. Oh. Yes. Yeah, we didn't talk about that. That was like true. That that was was a huge. That was a huge deal because. Well, I mean, I've talked about it on the TV or on the podcast before, but like the fact that they killed a Jewish character with not evil Nazis Nazis was kind of not great. No. Um, well, man, I know. I mean, I was harsh as well. Just it was, it was sad. I liked Victor Garber. It was sad, and they did the thing of like giving him because of the time operations. They give him a family and a daughter. <sighs> so rude. If, you know, I mean, it's just thing. I thought they're not going to use that cliche of giving him a family and killing him off because it's a cliche. Yeah, but they went there. No, they went there, and it was harsh. It was, it was very sad. Victor Garber. I mean, Victor Garber is Victor Garber. So like, yeah. they were kind of lucky to just have him anyway. <laughs> But it's still super sad yeah. that he's not going to be on the show because he was he was such a big part of the team. I mean, you yeah. wouldn't think it looking at him, yeah. Because like, there's all these like twenty something year olds <laughs> running around, thirty something year olds, and then you've got Victor Garber running in there, you yeah. know. But like, he's, he he worked, yeah. like he made it work, and like especially going back in time and meeting the young. Uh, um, oh, I love that actor. He's a non-real, by the way. I know this the young Victor yes, Garber. Yes, he plays the second AD. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Um, 
Well, it's because they film in Vancouver. That's oh, why. yeah. There's a lot of people from <laughs> these shows that show up on Unreal. I know. I mean, Oliver Queen's Mansion showed up. Oliver Queen's Mansion Cheryl shows up. Cheryl Blossom's exactly. house from Riverdale. Exactly. Um, and can we just take one second to talk about the genius that's Bebo? I was just going to say that. I was, just, I was like, there's something we're forgetting, and I've been thinking about it for the last 10 minutes. Bebo, especially the end of season three when Bebo defeats Molly. Well, it's them coming together as Bebo. Yeah. But still, like, the gif of Bebo killing Molly. Or, like, not killing him, but, like, kicking him in midair and mid-flip. Like, literally the best thing I've ever seen. Just imagine a winged demon fighting a giant Furby, and that's what you have. Exactly. I mean, it was just... Because you said to me you saw the GIF and you're yeah. like, you're not going to believe what they do in the finale. And we should have seen it coming because they kept bringing this bloody teddy bear into yes. in like every episode. Or they loved Bebo to. because everyone lost their damn minds <laughs> when they did the episode on Bebo. Yeah. Because everyone was like, what is this cute, scary, but also <laughs> super cute, like furry thing? And why do I need him? Yeah. That was great. I was like, this is nuts. This is like it's like their own thing. It's their own thing. They're being meta within their own show. And it's just it's freaking brilliant. (laughs) It's brilliant. Um Hey, can I just ask you one question before uh, we finish up? Excuse me, are you the host of this podcast? (laughs) No, I was gonna say, because I had this thought, what characters from this universe would you love to see be a member of The Wave Rider? Or what characters have not even shown up yet? in this universe that you would love to see. You mean, like, from the other shows? Yeah. Or, like, from DC Comics? Well, both. Oh, God. Well, I would love to see Satana, yeah. like you said. Oh, God, that's a big question. I'm yeah. trying to think. Why? Do you have a person in mind? Well, not a couple. I mean, I, I thought we kind of could have, like, either Jesse Quick show up or... Oh, okay, you know, yeah. from, like, mm-hmm, The Flash mm-hmm. or... Or have Alex Danvers show up? Dude, Alex Dan. Everyone has said this on Tumblr. <laughs> Alex Danvers would be so dope yeah. on Legends of Tomorrow. Like, she would fit in so yeah, well. Yeah, she would. She'd be awesome. Of course, she can't do that, but, you know. No, I know. Yeah, I, I guess just, those would be the yeah. answer. In terms of, like, pulling from the comics, I don't know. Like, yeah. there's just so... Oh, the question. Oh, The question. Yes. Yeah, that would be cool. That would be amazing. Like, even if they just did one episode where they stumbled across him or, like, something to that regard. Well, I just realized there's, like, two questions. Okay. There's, like, the original question, which is Victor Saz. We're going to geek out here for a second. Yeah, sorry. This is, like, a whole comic book thing. But he trained... His protege is Rene Montoya. How yes. could, now that they're into this, she's like a regular in the Batwoman comics, and they're doing that show. Oh my god! What if I, they did her as the question, or like, or put the question in and had her train? Oh my god! Yeah, because they had Montoya in Gotham. I didn't like what they did with her. In that yeah, show. that show's gone after this year. They'd be able to Thank use her. God. Oh my god! I'm so excited for Batwoman. That's just a random thing yeah. because it's going to bring in so many other things. But yeah. The question. Yeah. Good choice. Never thought of that. Yeah. We love the question. Well, I loved him in, in Justice League Unlimited. We cause... love Justice League Unlimited. So I feel like that shapes a lot of our opinions on <laughs> DC in general. Well, I mean, yeah, like, I, mean, you know, I mean, my biggest complaint about Arrow was always like, God, it's so dark. Why can't they make him like the character in, the, in Justice, in Justice League, League Unlimited? Because he's kind of like a bleeding heart liberal. He's more like a libertarian. He's like a libertarian and he's... Got that goatee and that, like, Ew. cool hat. Oh, and, man. Uh, you couldn't do that in real life. It'd be weird. Oh, but anyway, it's going to go the goatee for this season. Yeah, but, like, the pointy goatee. Oh. Like, you, you can only do that in animation and yeah. whatever. But I don't know if, if anyone is, like, definitely getting this. But please watch the yeah, show. please do. <laughs> if you somehow got this far and you haven't watched the show or you gave up in season one... I'm thinking Rob from the comic box. I don't know. I don't know if you quit or not, but dude, like it's definitely gotten better. But you yeah. know, you, you, I think you feasibly could probably skip season one. You could definitely skip season yeah. one, jump into season two. Honestly, like even just watching season three, because season three is so good. Well, no, I mean, season two like starts to get better. Well, no, I agree. So season two is much two. better. 
But I'm saying, like, if you want to, like, watch season three before jumping into season four, yeah. like, that's possible. Yeah. No, definitely. I mean, I'm sure it's streaming on Netflix in the U.S. Because don't they have, like, a deal with the CW or something? Yeah, it comes up in, like, September. Yeah. Right before the no, show. Netflix does not usually go up Netflix in the U.S., like, immediately after the finale? It's not, not like, the nature of their deal. I think it's, like, a week after or something. Yeah. I can't remember. I've uh, been gone for that long. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know in the U.K. it's probably either Skybox sets or TV. True. So. So. Please watch. It's great. Please watch this. And I think that's going to wrap up this week's yeah. episode of Tea Time. The show notes for this episode and all of our other episodes are available on our website, teatimewithkc.com. Feel free to reach out to us via Twitter or Instagram by using the handle at Tea Time with KC. You can also chat with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Tea Time with KC. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for future episodes, feel free to email us at tea with KC at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your podcasts. We also added ourselves to Google Play. So you can also find us there. Um, and lastly, don't forget to check out the other podcasts in the geek to geek podcast network by visiting geek2geekcast.com. And you can chat with us in real time on Slack and Discord. And we will include the links to both of those in the show notes. Until next time. Bye. bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Join us next time for another cup of tea.